Hey guys, it's Jose Galison. You're watching No Way Jose. You can find this on the No Way Jose YouTube channel, all the major auto buckatures, uh, and Rumble as well. Today, my guest is Chris Bertman. Uh, we're just kind of just shooting the bull today, talking about his recent piece that should be out by, well, will be out by the time this comes out. Uh, and I do want to remind you guys how this works. Uh, you guys get this about roughly a week early if you're a patron. Uh, patreon.com is no way jose 2020 the lowest level for those early episodes two bucks the highest level is the sponsors i read those off every episode i have toad who's my co-host on tower gang you can follow him at tower gang toad i also have at abrogate d's then kevin b clark a full-time guitarist and private music teacher in the new york area then at z-o-v-e-r-a-c-k then at underscore infinite zeal then jacob daniel of the biblical anarchy podcast Follow him on Twitter, at Biblical Anarchy. Should have an episode on his show with me coming out here soon. And also Tim Tuttle, at Jogline Klebold. He's the one I do those Columbine episodes with. Uh, and then also I have at StinkySock420. He's a singer of Bender Hardcore. It's a dope band. Suggest you go check it out. And yeah, with that, let's go ahead and get Chris in here and get shooting the shit. What's up, man? How you been? Hey. What's hey. going on, man? Hey, <laughs> hey, I didn't know that you had a Columbine series, too. I'm going to have to check that out. Like, dude, that's been on my radar for like 20 plus years since I was a kid. Yeah, uh, I have it. It's only on okay. Rumble. I did not put that on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> that may be why. Uh, so, which is annoying because okay. I don't have the nice little playlist okay. feature. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm glad to have you back. Right. Uh, I'm bringing you back on because I just kind of, you know, I sent you down the rabbit hole of OKC. So I thought it'd be fun to touch base with you and, and see how you're handling it. That's a uh, stressful experience for a lot of brains to go through. <laughs> uh, but I guess I think I'd, let's just kind of start with, I want to kind of know your story because I don't really actually, we've, we've chatted and, you know, kind of developed a little bit of a rapport online. Uh, but I don't, I've only like kind of saw you in passing a couple of, like one of the times I think I was on Tim Cass. We haven't really like, you know, I don't really know much about your actual story. So I'm kind of interested in hearing it uh so you know i guess yeah who who are you what do you do kind of how did you get into this line of work that kind of stuff um i'm a fraud i don't know how the hell i got into this line of work yeah, we to all be are. honest I got <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah i i uh, one of my teachers back in i think college you know 
suggested one time in my English class, hey, have you thought of journalism? I'm like, eh, maybe, I don't know. And it just kind of sat in the back of my mind. I was always kind of slightly interested in it, but never really seriously considered it. Um, then, you know, 2020 happens. We all know what happened with that. And I ended up kind of doing uh, independent journalism without realizing it through social media where, you know, stuff would happen and I'd take the time, try to explain what's going on. And people would try to argue with me. And I'm like, you know, explaining everything. I'm like, you, you have no argument, you know. Um, anyways, I got kind of jaded with the whole writing community because I, I graduated with a bachelor's in English creative writing specifically. And um, I was doing blue collar work and, you know, it's fine for what it was, you know, um, but I just never had like an in to do any anything with writing that I wanted to do until um, one of my friends, she encouraged me to try to get a job with one of these online outlets. And I, you know, I submitted a resume, submitted some writing samples to a handful of them. And the Daily Caller was actually the one that finally got back to me. And, um, you know, I ended up being a contributor there for like eight months. Uh, I was still working my other job and I was driving trucks and I got into an accident on Mother's Day of all days. And, um, you know, I was out of work for like two weeks or so and just happened to be scrolling on Twitter. And I saw Cassandra McDonald, our editor in chief, and she says, we're looking for writers. And then I submitted, I think, my author link or something. I said, I'm available. Didn't think anything of it. I'm like, she's never going to get back to me, whatever. Within like a minute, dude, I'm getting like a DM from her saying, hey, can you send over some more writing samples? And I'm like, shut the hell up. Like, it was that easy. I'm like, I'm not trying to be like cocky. Like, I felt confident in myself where I knew if I at least could get their attention, I could get the job. You know, like I was confident I knew what I could do. So they flew me out. I had my interview, liked it, you know, everything lined up and about six months later i was there Hell so yeah. i've been there going on a year and a couple months or so so nice yeah and awesome. I've, uh, I've been uh, i've been appreciative of, of seeing your work uh it's been cool getting to know a lot of you guys over there that i mean i guess uh let's i guess we'll i don't know if there's anywhere really to take that uh, well actually i want to kind of know what are your interests like kind of what is what makes you tick with writing i know you do cover a lot of like it seems to be a lot of current event stuff Obviously, you picked yeah. up this piece. It was like a larger piece. Uh, so I'm just kind of curious, like what what compels you to write? Like what what are the things that make you take? Because I know for me personally, if I if I was in a position, say I was able to like be full time with podcast, I'd probably get into writing too. And I know exactly the type of things that I would want to write because it's just like I don't know. That's what I want to do. Uh, yeah. Like what is it that compels you to write? And I mean, obviously, I know like some of the current event stuff, you're just following the things are going, but those things are significant as well. Uh, so it might be easier with like bigger pieces to get a feel of your vibe. But what's what's the cut of your jib here? <laughs> so I kind of I'm all over the place. There's a lot of different things that really interest me. Um, like I've I've written a short horror story about five years ago, and it was just, you know, I, I like creepy stuff. Um so that got published on a website. But as far as like the journalism stuff goes, like I like following stuff that happens in culture. I like following stuff that happens in tech, um, entertainment, specifically music. 
Um, so I don't know, you know, I've been following the Defiant. I don't, you probably have heard of him mm-hmm. for yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. So just anything that really kind of goes against whatever like the current quote unquote narrative is approved narrative is like that's the thing I was, I'm right there, like white on rice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of like the music stuff lately. Um, trying to think, was there something? Other than the Defiant that had come out, oh, uh, five times August, he had his mm-hmm. "Ain't No Rock and Roll," um, dude. That was a fantastic song. Like, I that's one of those things. I feel like I probably could have been a songwriter if I had the dedication to actually do it. <laughs> so I don't. I'm just I'm like a, a quasi professional appreciator of music. Mm-hmm. You know, I played a little bit of music back in the day. Like, I still sometimes will strum on a guitar poorly, um, but yeah, I just. I like music. I like creepy shit. You know, it is funny that you say that about like, if you applied yourself and I think that that touches on you, you kind of made a joke about uh, being a fraud earlier. And, and I, I know that feeling cause it is like all of us know that like, I'm not Beethoven or whoever the guy is in your thing. But the problem is a lot of times in so many different fields, it really just comes down to who actually does it. Because the guy who is the naturally talented, the guy who is just like whatever pen to paper and it just flows, nine, a lot of times that's just not the guy who does it. Like, I mean, like everyone knows that the, the gifted kid that just kind of fizzles out because they just can't care. It's always those like, uh, you know, A minus to like B minus kids that re- were like really had to work for it that really get their pluck and and get you know so i get the feeling where you where you do get that like oh geez yeah like they're yeah there are a lot there are some great people like and once you start learning in some of these different you know realms you know especially like with me with okc the more you learn the more you realize you don't know because there's so much to know and you're just like jesus christ like there's so many people that track this stuff but uh, i guess that kind of leads into i wanted to just kind of you know check in with you see how you're handling the revelations of okc uh, I guess kind of start off with, again, I think we touched on maybe this a little bit last time, but just, I guess we can remind the audience kind of where you were coming from knowledge level before you, you dug into this. And, uh, I guess that'll be kind of maybe a good place to start and kind of get into the revelations that you have, uh, come across of, uh, a, a, from digging into the Yiki story. Yeah. So very basic knowledge. Um, I had heard the name Timothy McVeigh. I knew that there was a thing that happened in Oklahoma, the Oklahoma city bombing. I knew that that happened. Um, I, I kind of got it confused with, uh, oh, what the hell is his name? The Unabomber guy. Why am I? Kaczynski. Yeah. There you go. I kind of would confuse the two. I mean, I was born in 92. So like this stuff, it had already happened probably a decade before, before I was like aware of yeah. what was actually going on. Um, so I would confuse the two. I didn't really know anything of it, but I always saw like you were always posting about OKC. You were talking about this Yiki guy, uh, this other guy trying to do like when you're on Timcast. And I'm just like, I don't know what the hell's going on. I guess some guy didn't kill himself, supposedly. I don't know. Something about the bombing. He seems like he knows what the hell he's talking about. So I guess whatever, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so I really didn't know anything about it till you, you were sending me all these articles and man uh it's a hefty a hefty uh story there's so much to it like every time i feel like i'm kind of wrapping my mind around it Mm -hmm. i i just it's like i'm not yeah no you you, i I still to this day have days where i just like have a eureka and i'm like oh 
well, maybe it like did this, and oh yeah, there's that piece of evidence, and like it just, yeah, you're just like, or I mean, I'm sure from a writing perspective, you're like, oh shit, there's this angle that's super important, so, you know, it, and it is, it, it is one of those stories, and so it is like a hefty ball for me to pass into your lap, I guess, to some extent, uh, but I guess, so with your digging into this, I guess just kind of where where are you at now? Where where are you more jaded uh, against the system? The same amount of jaded? Uh, are you noticing certain trends a little bit more? Uh, has it heightened your uh, pattern recognition <laughs> awareness? <laughs> oh my god, the pattern recognition awareness, a hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> um, I thought it was already weird with this whole Yankee story, and then I started looking more into what you were talking about with trying to do. And then I don't remember what the hell happened. This was like a couple weeks back when I was still in California. I, something about one of the J6 police officers killing themselves had, had popped up. And my brain was kind of, it's like, and I'm like, he didn't fucking kill himself. Ain't no way, dude. I'm calling it right now. Like I've seen, I've read too much shit. Nah, he didn't fucking kill himself. I'm calling it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. Were you going to say something else? I haven't looked much into the J6 stuff because it's still kind of fresh. I'm sure more mm -hmm. information is going to come out in the decades from now. Um, but, you know, same thing. And kind of like Columbine stuff, like there's there's plenty of stuff that, again, I'm not I'm not as versed as probably you are if you did your little series on it. But um, just just a bunch of stuff that I start noticing patterns coming up from all these, I guess, notable stories that are, you know, how do they get looked over? Yeah. <laughs> that is the, that is the question how do they get looked over i mean a part of that puzzle is kind of the you know is in the statement taron didn't kill himself that's part of it but obviously there's more mechanisms that come into play but yes no uh, overt violence does uh because i think the, the one of the biggest things is i just feel like with yiki story like that sent such probably a strong signal to anyone who may may have wanted to do anything about anything, they just go, oh, here's a cop dead with a bullet to the back of the head, suicide. Okay, I, I, when you, you, you see the writing on the wall. You know, for, and there was another example. Uh, there was the Mueller murders, uh, which was, uh, God, Chevy Kehoe, and I forget the other guy, but uh, I think it was the, actually I think it was his brother. I think it might have been another Kehoe, but him and another guy went and killed these uh, individuals who hung out with the, these, you know, the Elohim City people that were kind of connected to OKC and killed that entire family. And, you know, the supposedly the, the, what the research seems to suggest is that they, he was in that during that period of time, during the planning time, and he kind of left kind of like, oh, you know, t t some weird stuff going on here. And, you know, that he may have known too much type of deal. And that happened shortly before trials. So these things happen and they have uh, effects. To, that's why people don't say certain things or and certain people stay quiet. So, I mean, a lot of it is overt violence, but there is other other creepy stuff in it. Uh, so I guess the question is, do you have you come to the conclusion that Yiki didn't kill himself? I'd assume yes. <laughs> I, I mean, how do you not? <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I no. don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, even the fact that you were saying the more you, the more you learn, the more you realize that you don't actually know. So it's okay. Well, if that's the case, how can you unequivocally say? And I forget what the hell the the, the police chief. I think um, Knight. I forget his first name. Where he's basically saying like, there's no evidence to suggest that he he killed or uh, he 
he was murdered. It's like, yes, there is, dude. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Him being dead with a bullet. And if it, because that's like a flip of how it's supposed to work. Well, I guess not really, because you, you have to prove it's suicide, murder, or I guess, I, I guess you could say undetermined. But I mean, at the end of the day, like you would think if someone's dead that you would want, you would need evidence that points to suicide. And there was no suicide note that, that, that anyone was ever made aware of. You know, uh, there, there, a lot of other signs of suicide were missing. So it that would prove that if it's not suicide, you know, logically speaking, I, it's some insane accident or, or which that doesn't make sense either uh, or a murder. So those, those are the options you're left with. So I, I think it's a, a not a logical way to look at it. <laughs> like, oh, it wasn't no. proven. Like, well, I mean, kind of the, the dead guy kind of that clearly wasn't a suicide kind of may sort of prove that. But I'm also noticing like a lot of crossover with like, and maybe just because it's so recent still like the whole 2020 stuff where you've got one faction of people who basically just goes along with whatever the official narrative is, whatever's being reported on, that's the story. And like, well, I mean, why would they lie to us? That's what they're saying. They're, they're the, uh, the experts, right? And then you've got the other faction of people who are saying, hey, two plus two equals four, not five. This isn't adding up. And it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm just noticing like a lot of the people that I, I don't want to say that it's like everybody who would say that he for sure was uh, he, he killed himself like it's nefarious or anything. Maybe they're just NPCs and maybe they're just going along with, well, that's what the cops said. Therefore, why would the cops lie? But I'm just coming back to the whole like I naturally am and I'm I'm assuming you are too the same naturally are are looking at things that don't add up and we ask questions you know and when they start to not add up we start to have more questions and then we start to doubt what the hell we're being told in the first place and then we get called crazy yeah yeah and I think they I just I think maybe the media doesn't have the stranglehold like it used to but I mean, we, hell, we even still have modern memories of people getting kind of, you know, depicted as crazy or lunatics or whatever uh, on TV or, you know, and they may have legitimate reasoning. Like, I guess I, I don't have strong memories of like Waco, but I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it was probably a similar thing when that was occurring. Like that was happening, you know, on live in front of the nation. People were watching it rooting one way or the other. I mean, how we see this with modern events today where you know, people pick a team, you know, it's some, some giant thing. So it makes sense that like people get in these, you know, tribal mentalities and just follow one way or the other. Uh, and it always gets boiled down to either you're, you know, you have the, the, you're taking the full, I don't know, I guess I'm trying to think of a, uh, a parody of the, the conspiracy position, but you know, essentially a parody of either position, either the complete official narrative, you, you believe some crazy kook, you know, uh, the, the aliens did it or some bullshit, or I don't even know some of the crazier, uh, OKC ones. Cause some of the crazier ones are like, actually have some credence to them. So <laughs> uh, I guess it depends on what you, you consider crazy. Uh, but yeah. I guess, did you, you know, with your digging into this Yiki stuff, did you find yourself getting drawn into some of the other, uh, cause it's kind of hard not to, it's kind of one of the perfect, one of the more perfect entry points into the OKC story. Did you find yourself digging into other elements of the OKC bombing? And if, what kind of questions have you come away with? I haven't dug too much into it. Like I read through your piece you did on, uh, Trinidu, and same thing where I'm thinking like, 
man, this is uh this just doesn't add up. But like you said, I think Yiki basically is like a black and white kind of it's pretty straightforward. This dude did not kill himself. Um I mean, the other frustrating part is like, I want to now look into these other things, but I'm like, damn, it's so damn dense. It's like, you could write books on these things, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, people do. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So did you, I mean, I know, you know, through looking through this, you probably did. I know part of Yiki's story, you know, naturally does lend to like, what did he see? You know, kind of like, uh, you know, did he see evidence of the bomb going, you know? going out as opposed to in to the building, you know, the difference between, you know, planted charges or did you get, you know, find yourself, you know, looking into any of that or, or were you trying your best not to get sucked into, to the, you know, inevitable rabbit hole, all of that would lead to. So I didn't go too far into it. I mean, I looked through the CNN article that you had Mm -hmm. sent and I've gone through the Hoffman article. I've listened to, you know, like what we talked with Tanya and, um, her interview that she had in 98, I think we figured out it was. And, um, yeah, (laughs) it's like, I, I, I don't have words. I don't know. Like it's, it's so hard to wrap your mind around all of this. Oh yeah, for sure. I just didn't know if maybe you, uh, you know, inevitably got curious and started digging into other things. Cause that's how this worked for me. This is what direct, cause it really was geeky story that, you know, started me, you know, looking into OKC and that's kind of like how I ended up where I am now. Literally that edit that I play at the beginning of this was the, the very edit that I watched that I was like, holy shit. And then, you know, still, you know, digging, you know, picking away at the rabbit hole to this day. So... I will tell you, dude, that, that edit, like just the song and everything, it's a slapper, man. It oh, is yeah. just a straight banger. It is heat. Well, who's the song by originally? Is it Justin uh, I think Bieber? it's a Bieber song. I don't know. It's, obviously, it's a remix, but yeah, it's a Bieber song. All right, so the Bieber song was like, all right, you know, whatever. He's got some okay tunes. I ain't going to lie. But, like, just that remix and the whole thing, I don't know who set it up for you, but perfect. Oh, like <laughs> that was that was made well before, you know, I had any sort of presence. That's a Jinx at Crack Connoisseur on Twitter. Uh, he's known oh, for cool. making those sort of edits. So uh, he's awesome. well known in the edit community. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. a f- famous edit. Uh but yeah, uh, I guess, shit, what was the other, oh, what, uh, with this piece, I, I know you t- technically, unless you finish it in the past day or two, at this moment in time, it's technically not finished, but what were the main objectives that you were trying to get out of this? Like, what were, what was your idea with the story? Like, what were the main points you were really trying to drive forward? One of the things that I've really tried to drive forward, um, and it goes back to our conversation we had with Tanya. Uh, and I hope I've, I hope I'm, you know, doing a good job of it in, in the article. Uh, she lost a husband and I know, I know that they were technically divorced. Um, what was it? Something like a couple of months before he had passed away was when it officially had, had gone through and they had two daughters and just, it was the way she was explaining everything. Like it, it just, dude, it, it was so sad where it's like his daughters grew up without a dad and if we really take this and it it comes back to a government cover-up conspiracy it's like you actually took a dude's dad a, 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 a some kid's dad from them because you 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 lied you know like i can't wrap my mind around that like how how evil are you people um so 
I think that was kind of the angle that really kind of made me start the gear start turning, which was she's just looking for closure at the end of the day. That was kind of the thing she was explaining was that she's willing to accept it happened. She's willing to accept, um, I guess she was lied to, uh, by all these sources and, you know, but at the end of the day, like she wants his death certificate to at least acknowledge that he, he did not commit suicide, that he was murdered, you know? Um, that was the thing that I think really clicked with me. And I could tell, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to push too hard on her because um, I could tell it was a really sensitive topic for her. But yeah, I think that was the thing that, that people are not getting, you know, yeah. as far as other reports on this. Yeah, no, I, that is one of the, the things that drew me in from the beginning was the personal element of this story. Cause I don't, I don't know if it's just like a, one of those archetypes that speaks to people, but something about, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm a dad, and uh, you know, I've, I've you know I've been married for a long time, and I just can imagine. You know, I remember being at that point where I had young kids, and you know, if someone had killed me, and then now my wife's left picking up the pieces, like I can imagine that. And then just there's something you know extra. To, I I've always been you know uh, I've found profoundly you know disgusting the idea of the harassment to the family after the fact, and still to this day because. I guess in my head, you know, coming from you know my perspective, I guess as a man, you know, a father, a husband, it's like whatever. Like if I die, you know, doing something, you know, because I took some crazy risk trying to do what I thought was the right thing, whatever. I'm a man, I'll accept the consequences. I played the game and I I lost, whatever. But like something about then than that coming back on my family is just like an extra. It's like a slap in the face beyond the grave. Like it's I I've always found that particularly disgusting because i'm like all right if you kill them leave his family alone like so i, I don't know like the, just like it's a level of depravity because it's like okay you kill them all right whatever we you could maybe make some sort of corrupt argument that like hey he knew this game he was playing this game of thrones nonsense he was like he knew that there was people that you know would probably kill him over it but like to bring his family into it that's like you know like no honor amongst thieves type thing like that's another level of like you have no honor at all. Like you can't leave her alone. Like I, I don't know. I I found that particularly gross. Uh, I don't know if you I, I mean, you hadn't finished it when I read it, so I don't know if you made a point to focus on that or not. Were there any like secondary you know points of the story that you really want to focus? From what I've read, you definitely did focus on the personal story, and I appreciate it. I I was smiling reading the story. Uh, I, I was happy about <laughs> what was come of it, but were there any other like secondary points that you really want to drive home? Any things that really stuck out to you with this story, uh, particularly aside from that? Um, I mean, that was honestly the biggest one for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, like kind of similar to you, I don't have kids. We're working on it. I have, I have a wife, mm -hmm. but the same thing is like, you know, if, if I did something, or if I got myself involved in something and something happened to me, I can accept that. Um, it is what it is, but it's like, damn, if just the fact that somebody would try to come after my wife or even like my parents or whoever, my, my extended family, whatever, because I happen to get caught in the crosshairs, you know, that's God, man, I can't, it's just evil. You know, yeah. that, that, that's another thing is like, and I hate to keep bringing this back to 2020, but like, that's the thing that I used to think 
evil was like some dastardly guy twirling his mustache, you know, and it's no, it's just somebody who looks just like you or me. And they just they somehow they get caught up in a lie and they just don't want to be honest. And therefore, they're going to ruin whoever's life they have to. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) And the establishment, some of the worst perpetrators of that. Well, all right, man. It's been a pleasure having you. Uh, do you have any other big, uh, any other, you know, stuff coming up soon? You want to talk about any other stories uh, you want to plug while you're here? Uh, I'm o- open to hearing any other crazy stuff you got. Nothing that I'm currently working on. Um, maybe after I'm done with this, I, I might try to tackle another bigger story. Uh, but I'm, I think before we had mentioned the uh, Breitbart, Breitbart didn't kill himself. Yeah. That's another one that I kind of want to start tackling. Like, I want to look into that. I was reading yeah. through uh, Righteous Indignation. Mm-hmm. Um, I got caught up just because of everything that was going on in my life. So I, I, I got to finish that book. I've got his other book. But that's another one that kind of flew under the radar for me. Um, I didn't yeah. get, quote, unquote, red-pilled until about 2015 or so, back when all the race stuff started going mainstream Mm. and i was a good little uh liberal democrat guy and i'm 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 a good person i'm tolerant and then all of a sudden you know you've got mtv doing shit white people say or something like that i'm like wait i thought we didn't like this this that's weird and uh (laughs) yeah so i like i was completely oblivious to who the hell breitbart was uh to the fact that he had a questionable death you know um so that's another one that i i i wouldn't mind looking into yeah, um, i'd like to see that for sure <laughs> yeah yeah or yeah, even that, like even the columbine yeah. stuff too yeah no the uh the bright bar was been one i've wanted to look into for a while because i believe uh you know you know a couple little uh iffy things is i think he was like right around the time he died is when he was really going hard against podesta i think uh, John Podesta was making some crazy accusations, which if anyone who paid attention to Podesta and some of the, like the pizza gate ish stuff like that, and that kind of there and some of the leaked emails, there's a lot of stuff to be concerned and, you know, think maybe Breitbart was cooking with fire a little bit. So, uh, and then also I think what the, the corner or somebody I think died like within hours or something, uh, after or, or day, within a day or something of pronouncing him dead. It was something ridiculous. And I think it was said well, it was an arsenic um, poisoning. So I don't know. It could be all just, you know, complete happenstance. I always thought it was weird as well. <laughs> but even like how you've basically said that you, you felt a, lo- a strong connection to, you know, the Yiki character mm-hmm. being a father, a uh, husband. I think I've felt a similar kind of connection with Breitbart being former liberal guy, grew up in California um, and just one day all of a sudden everything kind of clicks and you start to understand how the machine works. So yeah, I've, I've, I've felt the same kind of connection with him. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love to see that. You brought up a good point with the race stuff. I think we're, uh, you know, this is something I guess I would like to talk to with you about a little bit. You've been, I've been heartened to see uh, a lot of the staff over at Tim Cass has had a lot of really great takes, especially between Cassandra, you, uh, with all this like Israel Palestine stuff going on, and I don't think you're as like a crazy anti-war guy as me, but I've been heartened to see your takes on the the the, the matter, just being kind of like, hey, we're just like you know we don't want people to die. That should be a pretty basic take. And then also there's the additional, 
I, I mean, in my perception with a lot of the anti-Semitism stuff coming out, you've been pretty even keeled about that because it's just been nonsense. And don't get me wrong. I, I've kind of just, and, and this is probably bad. I guess I was kind of a little bit burnt out on social media lately, but I haven't been commenting on the Israel-Palestine stuff as much lately, even though I read a whole book, you know, to cover the stuff recently just because I was like, I want to dig into it more. But just, it's like, it, it just becomes so hyperbolic on both sides. And it's just, like, don't be wrong. I'm the, I, I feel silly, like, you know, being like, oh, these people with all this Jew hate online. And you're like, but at the same time, I also think people are being silly talking about the Jew hate. It's like this, like, Ouroboros thing that, like, feeds itself. Because, I mean, especially because I know most of those, like, Jew haters are mostly just probably like, you know, anonymous right wing guys who are, or, you know, that are just fucking around. And even though in the ones that mean it, it's kind of like, whatever, <laughs> don't be friends with them. <laughs> Not that hard of a decision to make. Just don't associate with people you don't like. But okay. like, yeah. So then it's become this big thing of like, Oh, anti-Semitism out and about. We need to stop it. It's like, I feel like this like hunt for anti-Semitism, just all it does is create more of it. And it's just a silly, like, you know, I don't know, this jerk off circle that we're, we're all doing together. So I I guess, I I guess I'd kind of like to get your takes. I mean, you can take that any way you want, whether it be the, the, the wanton death and murder occurring in war or the, or the anti-Semitism. So I, I'm half ethnically Jewish on my dad's side. I'm half, italian on my mom's side i we lit the menorah a handful of times when i was a kid i basically grew up catholic christian and then i hella strayed from religion i didn't get any exposure to the religion from my dad and i'm I'm almost a little uh i don't want to say upset i wish i would have you know just just so i could understand um because i do i do kind of feel like i got a little left out of some of my heritage you know as far as where my family came from but I'm the older I got it's like I've never really associated myself with Israel I'm American do you know what I mean and and don't get me wrong like I know you guys at Tower Gang you talk shit it's never bothered me because like I talk shit too jokes Mm -hmm. are jokes and I mean you you could have like a legitimate criticism it doesn't mean you're anti-semitic um, I remember, I forget who the hell it was. Somebody, somebody saw like I, either I had commented on Top's post or or Top had commented on my post, and they were like, you know, he's anti-Semitic, and I was just like, I've felt more fucking hatred from <laughs> you guys who keep talking about anti-Semitism than these guys over here. Like, I I just no, nah, I feel like they're good people. I don't get any bad vibes from them. I think one of the things that really fucking pissed me off when this whole thing popped off was one of these guys that I I had kind of crossed paths with online were saying that if you're against Israel or if you're critical of Israel to some, something to that effect that you therefore want uh dead Jewish babies and I was like honestly go fuck yourself okay I'm fucking Jewish I don't want dead babies. I don't want any dead babies. That's the point. Okay. And it's like, I'm not even saying like Israel shouldn't fucking retaliate. Like, no, dude, go for it. I'm told I'm not above blood for blood. Okay. I'm just saying, can we be a little more uh, precise with what we're doing? Can we not kill 
a hundred civilians just to kill one Hamas guy. That's that's my fucking stance. Um, yeah, yeah. It fucking pissed me off just the way everybody has taken that. Literally, any criticism is anti-Semitic. No, it's not, guys. Come on, you sound exactly like the left. Knock it off. Yeah, no, it's it's pathetic. <laughs> and it, yeah. I mean, especially when you know, like some of the you know politics shenanigans that shenanigans that goes on with that little you know that thing you just said right there. That's actually like a lot of people don't know this, but this was like in you know some people, more people may be aware of this now because this came up in that recent uh, piece of leg. Well, not even legislation. I think it was just a motion or something. I don't think it actually has any legal bearing. I don't know the details, but where they're the, you know, the recent one with the anti-Semitism bill or whatever, Thomas Massey being like the lone one against it, they used, I believe it may not be the same exact specific working example. It's known as a quote unquote working example of what anti-Semitism is. And it's been tried to be pushed through uh, Congress or, or, you know, different forms of legislation multiple times. It's what's typically used by like the ADL and stuff. And in that definition of it, they pull a sneaky and they don't explicitly say like anti-Zionism is, or criticism of Israel is, but they then later provide examples to clarify what that means. And it's insanely vaguely worded. And in the examples, like they are things like criticisms of Israel. So like they, that is, they have literally a sort of morphed words. Into this, and we're already so many layers of allowing, conceding the territory of words with anti-Semitism to even get to this point. Because, you know, for one, a semi is like, if we're actually going to analyze words and what they're supposed to mean, semi is just what, like, a Semitic person. Is. So the Arabs are, are Semitic. So, like, we're already in nonsense territory. You've just basically made this word whatever you want. It's just a, a buzzer a word to hit your enemy with. To, oh, you're anti-Semitic. And you're like, well, what does that mean? I, I don't know. The vaguest possible definition I can think of. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I, to be in Israel, you have to be a Jew. So I guess that means you hate Jews. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Like I, I, I came out right when all this stuff popped off and I said that this is going to be the rights black square moment. And I had somebody, I, I'm not going to say who they are. They basically came after me. They're like, do better. And I was just like, but am I wrong? And I, I almost two months later, Oh no, exactly two months later. I'm not wrong, dude. <laughs> like it totally has been. Um, and it's been shocking, just shocking that the the same people who have slammed the left for fucking with language and just throwing racism, sexism, blah, blah, blah. Literally now anybody who disagrees with you is an anti-Zionist, uh, anti-Semite, blah, blah, blah. Just shut the fuck up, guys. Knock it off. You know? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 it is. It's it's super duper silly. I don't even really know. What it, is. It, it It's just it's like arguing with children. And like, you know, for one, one example is like with this war issue, people will always boil this down to silly like logic. Like they'll be like, well, they have a right to defend themselves. Let's say theoretically someone was shooting at you and they had a, you know, a human strapped to their chest and to return you to protect yourself. You had to, but it's like, that's not what's happening. Like that's not at all the situation. And people get boiled down these silly binaries. It was like, we either, they either had to do nothing or kill a shitload of people. Like it's not, it's not one of the two. And like, also it's like the do nothing. I guess it wouldn't technically be do nothing. It's also an option. Like you can take, like, I know this is crazy for any nation to think about, but the idea that you could receive an attack and not immediately re respond with wanton violence, 
Uh, yeah. I, I know this is like a crazy idea. This is what got us fucked us over for 20 years in the Middle East because we immediately were just you know chomping at the bit to do something, doing yeah. something, you know, under, you know, at, at the moment. Actually, I think Ben Shapiro actually has a quote about that. <laughs> I think it has to do with like school shootings, like the compulsion to like need to do something, uh, which, yeah, it's almost never the right thing. Like with this Israel thing, they would have probably been better off had they responded with some sort of form of diplomacy that was a sign of goodwill to the Palestinian people of some sort. And then maybe even that would, you know, make Hamas look like shit, put them in a better diplomatic position to maybe, you know, get them to turn over some of the individuals responsible. You know, they could obviously do some sort of fucking, you know, spec ops type shit as well. Precise stuff. I mean, obviously maybe it still wouldn't be perfect, but it's far better than killing what over 10,000 people or something. And it's like, you yeah. know, that, that the civilian casualty rate is probably somewhere over 90% if we're going to be honest. So it's like, what is the percentage of, you know, combatants to non-combatants that we find acceptable? Like <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And like, I'm dude, I'm no foreign policy expert. Okay. Like if you look at all the shit that I write on uh Tim cat, excuse me, scanner now, um, I, I'm not a foreign policy guy. I, I've never taken the stance that Israel shouldn't retaliate. I've, I've just, my stance has always been like, that sucks. That's horrible. Shouldn't have happened. They probably should retaliate. Also, I'm over here in America and uh, we have our own fucking problems at home that need to be addressed. And if somebody watches this and says that I'm anti-Semitic for the fuck you, honestly, fuck you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, for, <laughs> I don't, I don't even care. That's like part of the, like, yeah. okay, whatever. I mean, I said, I don't give a shit, <laughs> whatever. All the, all my friends that are, ju- go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> so, well, I was going to say the other thing that's been super creepy to watch is like Lauren Chen. She put it perfectly. It's like the cucking of Christians and don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I grew up Catholic Christian. Like I, I definitely know more about Christianity than I know about Judaism it's been amazing just to watch people actually deny Christ just to, to prove that they're not anti-Semitic. That makes I, my, I don't understand how you do that. You're oh. literally denying Christ. Oh, well, that, I mean, that's when you get into insane, insane Christianity where they literally are, we have to support Israel, which surprisingly, I mean, I don't know how pervasive it is. I know growing up in the church, I remember hearing, you know, takes like that quite frequently. I don't know if I'd ever heard it like coming from the pastor particularly, but yeah, no, that is a, that is a legitimate part of uh, an interpretation of many forms of uh, Christianity, which is kind of crazy that (laughs) that they would try to force the apocalypse essentially. But I mean, I guess whatever, you know, it is. is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right, man, it's been a pleasure. Actually, you know what? One more thing you brought it up. Uh, This scanner thing what what the, can you explain that to me? what the fuck is going on like i don't even get it I, like i heard someone say that he used to have scanner but then some sort of legal thing but then yeah. my head is like okay cool you had an old thing i don't understand is there an advantage to going back to scanner as opposed to the already timcast news which i'm sure probably had better branding by this point because it's more well known i don't i just i don't know is there a reasoning i, I don't understand it help me understand why the move or just just because you just wanted to <laughs> i'm hoping you can you can help me understand it uh, <laughs> okay no right. so the, the the how i understand it is scanner s-e-n-r <clears throat> scanner is 
part of Subverse Inc. That the way I understand it, back in 20, I think 18, 2019, Tim started Subverse. I think it was like a crowdfunding thing that he did. Um, I remember watching a video on it and, you know, I heard about it and it just kind of was there and then it kind of disappeared. But I wasn't really following Tim that closely until about 2020. Um, so like I vaguely heard about it, didn't really know what happened to it. I heard, you know, he had a set of employees, right? I don't know. Point is it wasn't happening anymore. And then I heard something that there was some legal stuff in the air. And so, um, yeah, we were Timcast news. And then one day they were just like, we're transitioning over to scanner. And I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> really changes for me okay. i guess so all right so yeah all right. well you said it's an yeah. ownership thing i would assume it's some sort of business restructuring or something along those lines uh i don't know things. how much i'm know. allowed to say <laughs> oh okay yeah it doesn't really explain it much farther than that but yeah yes okay and it makes sense to me i didn't know if there's a reasoning that something my luddite brain just didn't get maybe there's some functions that are better it's part of some yeah. sort of larger you know th something or other i don't know but no either way Dude, whatever you guys are huh? they, like huh? basically from the outside perspective looking in because i'm looking from the inside out and to me <laughs> it's confusing but from the outside looking in all you guys need to know is it's the same people for the most part uh, doing pretty much the same thing, the same kind of news, the same on the ground reporting stuff. Um, it, it feels like it's a little more, uh, I think, centralized into its own separate thing, though, if that makes sense. Okay. So. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Well, all right, man. It's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, you want to just go ahead and plug yourself real quick and we'll get out of here? Uh, so I am at Man of Bert on twitter and instagram i like to yell at people on twitter a lot or excuse me whatever the hell man um what else i'm at not timcast news anymore we're at scanner.com that's where you can read our articles and i don't think i have anything else that should be it oh uh, uh oh damn it this is going to come out after the fact go pre-order or order at this point uh the the best song ever damn it what is it it's it's uh what was the daily wire song that they put out a couple years ago I, I don't know. I don't follow him like that. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, together again, I think. Yeah, so Tim's putting out his own version of it. It's coming out tomorrow, which when this premiere, it'll already be out. Point, go order it. That's it. Yeah, and then yeah, go check out the 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 Yiki story. I don't think we have an official title yet, uh, but definitely go check that out. I'll probably put that in the uh, video description for when this comes out. Uh, if you want to follow this show, it's on YouTube. All the major audio podcast. Why does that word always get me? Audio podcatchers. Then Rumble as well. You can follow me on Twitter at TowerGangJose. If you want to support my work, Patreon.com/NoWayJose2020. Like, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff, and we are out. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.